Welcome to What Divides Us. Howdy, howdy. My name is Matt Schultz. And I'm Abram Goodstein, and we're your hosts for this religion, religious podcast? Podcast on religion? Like, what are we? Uh, I don't know. We we enjoy talking to each other, so we hang out, and we record it. <laughs> we also happen to be clergy. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. So we got that going for us. Well, anyways, we have a lot to talk about. So let's uh, let's move it right along, uh, Matt. So where do you want to start off today? Um, first of all, it's a couple days before Thanksgiving as yes. we're recording this. Uh, I am looking forward to picking up my sons at the airport tonight. Both of their flights are delayed. But on the upside, they're delayed... To- and now they land at the same time. Oh, awesome. One so instead of two trips, I have one uh, trip. Yeah, so small it's, favor, it's a bad right? news, good news yeah. thing. I lose yeah. an hour or two with each kid, but it saves me some gas money. <laughs> uh, but Thanksgiving is super fun this year. We have um, a nephew with us. Um, he's staying with us for a while. And then also our niece and her new husband are flying in. So we have a full house. I get really excited about cooking the turkey, even though I haven't really cracked the code yet, but I'm getting better. And uh, it's we, really... We cracked the code, by the way. You have? First of all, turkey upside down. Oh. Second of all, set your oven at 200. We don't have enough. We have one of those little side cookers, like just the turkey, ro- uh, turkey roaster. What? Yeah, it's its own thing. Uh, lovely, wonderful church members gave it to us because they got a different one. So it's a specialized turkey roaster? Yeah, and, and it, it just goes problem, It right? goes on your countertop. It's just a matter of timing. I yeah. tend to overcook things because I get nervous about... Meat yeah. bacteria, you know, yes. and so I end up making stuff too dry. And Elizabeth well, will each year tell me, I'm sure it's done, I'm sure it's done. I'm like, eh, just a little more, and then I wreck it. Is, so. is it is it a good time now to admit that, like, I think I like the gravy more than I like the turkey? Oh, see, I agree, and I also like the stuffing more than everything else. The stuffing's so good, Stuffing's too. the best but, part. But uh, I just find the turkey to be more like a gravy delivery system. Like, I feel like yes. it's a social faux pas to, like, t- take a spoon... Like, put it in the gravy and just eat it. You know <laughs> just, what I mean? Just People will a, seriously judge you for that. Get one of those reusable stainless steel straws. <laughs> <laughs> I have lots of those. And just your own little turkey boat and slurp it yeah. up. <laughs> but, but, you know, but if you take a bunch of, if you take a, that same spoon and you just, like, load it up on it like some yeah, turkey yeah. Uh-huh. and then put the turkey in your mouth, no one judges you at all. They might. They might still a little. <laughs> but, yeah, that's true. That's true. Oh, also, side note, save the stuffing. Mix in a little maple syrup. Put it in your waffle iron the next morning. Make wait, stuff what? in the waffles. What? It's wait, so isn't, good. isn't your spouse gluten free? Oh well, yeah. We make two different containers of stuffing: one human sized for Elizabeth, and one mastodon sized for me. Because you eat all the stuff. I eat so. I'm much a big stuffing. fan of stuffing yeah. too. I get it. I get yeah. it. Uh, and poor Elizabeth, because gluten free anything is not nearly as good. Right? It's a different experience. It's, it's yeah, a different yeah. tasting flavor. And by different, you like. mean worse. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 Matt. It's, it's cause, cause Leia, yeah, because Leia is also gluten-free. Right, so it's, right. It's, diff- it's just different. Do you make two, health, two different bowls? You know, I've just kind of given up on stuffing altogether. I, I, I love it, and, I, and um, I don't know if you participate in this other holiday. I, Friendsgiving, the phenomenon is called? Uh, we, not in a strict capacity. I love it as a concept, but yeah, we haven't yeah. really done it but in a structured like, way. In most Thanksgiving or Friendsgiving mm-hmm. formats, usually I eat the stuffing that someone else has made and thoroughly enjoy it. Sure. Is how I, that how makes I sense. consume That's my fair. stuffing. Yeah. Speaking of Thanksgiving things, though, since this is a clergy podcast and we often look at ways that our religions, our respective religions, impact our view on the world, tell me about Thanksgiving from the perspective oh. of rabbi first of all thanksgiving is like a clergy win right it has the word thanks and the word giving yeah right (laughs) like that is those are things that we talk about as clergy yeah yeah um but yeah let me give you so i have people that um they express surprise um when they learn that i celebrate thanksgiving but i don't celebrate christmas 
Okay. Right. Why? Why is that? That well, surprise. Well, I, I, I think they feel like maybe it's on the same like spectrum, if you will. Like okay. it's on it's on the calendar for them as like a similar like it's just another American holiday. Yeah, if yeah, you yeah. Will. Uh, and but this brings up a couple of things for me. Like first of all, I love Thanksgiving. Celebrate it every year. It's mm-hmm. awesome. I love turkey. Um, I like it to be kind of moist though. Sorry, um, I yeah, try. Don't I like do. It that dry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but it's interesting because. I think the, the fact that Jews celebrate Thanksgiving is a huge win, especially for someone like the USA, okay. right? And, and everyone realizes this, but essentially Judaism in the US, USA has been a great experiment, right? Um, because before the U.S. was a thing, mm-hmm. Jews mostly lived in tight-knit communities in cities or shtetls, um, and they did not participate and sort of the cultural events of the country they were in. And I'm going to pause you for a minute yeah. because you used a good vocabulary word that Shettle. I don't know. Shettle is an Eastern European Jewish town, essentially. Okay, thanks. Yeah, okay. Because yeah. uh, often Jews lived in big cities, you know, were urban urban folk, if you yeah. will, with the exception of shtetls, which were Eastern European. And there's okay. a whole less lesson than why. I won't get into that too much. Okay. But essentially... Uh, they lived in concentrated areas, and they uh, celebrated, of course, Judaism, but they didn't really participate in the country's cultural holidays because they were almost always exclusively religious. Okay. Right? And so this made Jews to be like the, kind of like the other. Right. right? They're, those are the guys who are not participating in our country stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to blame them for all of our problems. Right, right. You know? Um, but in the U.S., where I think there is an ideal... Of celebrating diversity. I mean, we don't always see it, right? Yeah. You but, and I talk about that often in our po- in our podcast. Sure. But the ideal is there. Jews felt empowered to say, uh, I want to celebrate Thanksgiving and or Fourth of July and or any other American holiday, Veterans mm-hmm. Day, and also my Jewish holidays. Yeah. Right? I want to be both American and Jewish. Mm-hmm. And those two identities, having them, like having two of them, is a big deal and relatively new, I would say, in, in human history. Interesting. Um, okay. And I have this whole... Uh, talk that I do, talking about how I have, actually I have three identities, right? I'm Jewish, I'm American, and I'm a flannel wearer. What? <laughs> and and for those of you not watching, he is wearing flannel right now. I'm guessing that about 90% of the, of the podcast that we recorded, I wore flannel for it. I never noticed, uh, to be honest, but I, I believe um, you. It's a whole talk that I give with the idea that like we now live in a, in a place, in a space where we can have multiple identities, mm-hmm. and that's relatively new and a big and a big thing, even if it feels normal for everyone else. Okay. Um, and so, thus, in the story... I love celebrating Thanksgiving, but mm-hmm. I don't celebrate Christmas, Matt. Right. Yeah. I, I, I accept you for who you are. <laughs> I don't understand how flannel played into any of that. Oh, I just love flannel. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's that's a talk that I give. It's All a right. talk that I do. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, thank you. That is that, that that duality of identity is an interesting uh, division between us in terms of uh, we've talked about this before with Fourth of July that that your experience of having those two identities and wanting them blended is a positive, constructive thing. Yeah. Whereas Christian nationalism is right. rearing its head again. So I do a lot of my work to separate, to separate the them. two. Yeah. 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 And, I'm doing a lot of blending. Yeah. But the thing is that, like, you know, that's part of the Jewish experiment too. Like the blending we've been we've been doing has been intentional and been happening for like the last like I would say. 100 years, okay. especially in the U.S., right? So, for example, if any of you all who are not Jewish happen to come to, like, a Reform synagogue, mm-hmm. it's a denomination of Judaism, uh, you'll notice that the rabbi is on 
a stage we call the bima, looking at everyone and mm-hmm. doing stuff. That's a very Protestant influence on Judaism, right there. Okay. Uh, Judaism usually, traditional Judaism or Orthodox Judaism, everyone there is no like person standing above someone else looking towards a crowd. Right. Everyone's facing the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone's on the same level. Uh, we tr- look like Protestants on purpose, Matt. We made that, that choice on purpose. We should talk about this on a future podcast because yeah. that architecture has so many different reasons. And yeah. for us here in this congregation, it's strictly practical. It's how do you make somebody audible and visible. Right, right. But in different constructs, it does seem like an elevation of the leader of the, of the as leader, like yeah. above and better than right. or something, right? right? And right. that's not at all right. the intent. It's not at the intent at all. But no, but that's, but but I'm just saying that like, this is an, a practice that's changed over time yeah. to make us look more Protestant, mm-hmm. to make us more acceptable because in other countries, they try to kill us. Interesting. See, yeah. that was intentionally done to to seem more like your surroundings. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's really cool. Very there interesting. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, we're just, we're going to go quick Ooh. through the topics yes, today. That yes. was a good one, though. We're I like that. We're moving through yeah. them. Now, wait. One last question. Yeah. Thanksgiving is so entirely, not entirely, it's so heavily based in food. Yes. And your community has some dietary restrictions that you choose or that you observe. Do those ever come? have conflict at Thanksgiving? Are any of the Thanksgiving meals as traditionally done in the U.S., are they not kosher or are they... Well, I mean, I mean Turkey is per- perfectly kosher. Okay. Um, and they're... Uh, well, okay. Ooh, sorry. You know, it can gonna, be gonna, perfectly gonna, kosher. Can, yeah, gonna split hairs here. Uh, so some people, they only want what would be considered to be like what, a kosher turkey, which is a, a turkey that some rabbi group has said this is okay. Okay. It's called, yeah, it's called a heksher. It's gotten a heksher. Uh, and uh, I think turkey's kosher no matter what because it's not, you know, it's not anything that's like, it's not mixing milk and meat. It's not pig. It's not ham. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, it follows the rules that the Bible lays out for us, and that's kind of as far back as I go. Um, yeah. But there are a lot of extra rules attacked on as the years, and I don't, no judgment. I don't want to diminish those, those who find a, a lot of meaning in making sure they only eat kosher meat. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. And it's just hard to find kosher meat in Alaska. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and what about a turducken? Would that be kosher? I just don't think it's not. It's not. A, it's not a kosher thing. It's, it's just a bad idea. <laughs> it's just a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, but certainly, you're not going to find like any ham in most Jewish sure. Thanksgiving. Yeah. And um, and you know there is a thing about not mixing milk and meat. Uh, so if you, you know, which can be unfortunate because a lot of desserts have uh, are dairy products. And you know, it's become so super uh, popular is uh, charcuterie boards. Yes, and that's got I the love meat. Them, charcuterie. Now, yes. is that not considered mixing because they're separate ingredients on the it's plate? It's considered mixing. It is. Yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, this, you, this, the real question is how much do you care? You know, <laughs> you can still be uh, Jewish. Personally, not you at can all. Still yeah. be Jewish and not care about that, and just <laughs> right, have the right. cheese and the milk together and eat it. Okay. I mean, God will not stretch you on the spot. If that's if what you do, if you do that, wouldn't it be funny if you did? That would be the one thing we all agree on. Well, look, this is an immediate consequence. It's got to be right. Actually, it's a funny, <laughs> real, real funny side story. Um, so I often, you know, find myself teaching young kids Hebrew, mm-hmm. right? And there's um, in Hebrew when you see the name of God, it looks different right. than the rest of Hebrew around it. And the kids are like, "What is this? Yeah, like what, do I, what, what am I looking at right now?" Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "That's the name of God." And they try to spell it out, and, I, and so like, I, it's like, "Whoa." Don't say it to if you say that name correctly, God will strike you in the spot. Be careful. Wait, you say that to them. Yeah. Ah. Oh yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Give them, a, give them a huge complex. You know what I mean? They're like, don't say this word right. If you say it right, you're dead. Oh no. And the kids are like, oh my gosh. I'm like, Hebrew's dangerous. Watch out. 
<laughs> Does that make them try harder? Oh yeah, to test it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, they're they're all they're trying to figure it out right away. They're like, how about they like every time I, I look very fearful. I'm like, oh yeah, my yeah. goodness, don't don't even test this. And like I, I scoop farther <laughs> and farther back, and they keep trying it out. Yeah, it's pretty funny. You scoop farther back because then you're also implying implying that God has bad aim. Yeah, yeah. See, I don't, I don't want to hit with like the ricochet. I don't know. Yeah, but I, uh, it makes a moment more real, you know. Yeah, yeah uh, for sure. But I do that to my poor to my poor children who are learning Hebrew. Well, there you go. We'll close Thanksgiving conversation with a story about Abram's cruelty. Yes, yes. Uh, all right. Well, the next topic we had uh, jotted down on this post-it note is uh, religion and money. And I mentioned to Abram how we're doing some budgetary talks for next year. And I just have a visceral response against that topic, not from a spiritual perspective, but just personally it fills me with stress. I'm terrible at math. Um, everything I do is is about like like theology and philosophy and art, and these are things with fuzzy boundaries. And math and numbers are just hard and fast. And it's like this is the number. Yeah. So that that's always rough for me. And I, you know, as often is the case, gave a, a talk recently at church talking about next year's budget, and I said we're going to have to you know, make some cutbacks here and there because of shrinking uh, budget stuff. And I started off that whole conversation by saying every pastor I know hates talking about money. Mm. And that's, I wasn't exaggerating. I, I do believe that's true, except for maybe one seminary classmate of mine named Mark Elzen, who's written a book on it. And uh, What? Mark Elzen, huh? Do you know this guy? No, no idea who he is. He's such I'm a nice guy. That's the worst glad part. glad that, he, that he's able to figure it out. Yeah, I've got the book over here on my <laughs> shelf, and I'm hoping to learn from him. Uh, when do you even read the book? Is that what I have not read it yet. No, sorry, Mark. I bought it. I purchased it, so Mark made money off of me. Yeah. <laughs> but I have not yeah, yet read it. he's doing, it sounds like. Yeah. Uh, but, but no, it's, it's a hard topic. I think most of us... Um, in my circles anyway, get into the work because we want to serve people and help people think through things and pray through things and grow in their spirit and their soul. And the math side of it is a bit foreign to us. I don't know if that's your experience at all. <laughs> well, I'm going to give you a little story. Okay. The, the, the director of, of my community, he one day told me, Abram, you just, you can't talk about money anymore. Like if whenever oh. the conversation goes up, like you need to leave the room. Let me deal with all the money talk. And why is that? Why? Because I'm you? so bad. Oh, like, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I just don't, I don't get it. Like I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't think, I think but not most people who become clergy mm-hmm. aren't motivated to make money. Now, I'm not saying that's all, but like right. most clergy are not motivated to make if money. If we were motivated to make money, we would have gone into the stock market or something, right? Is it, that what that's called? Yeah, just a stock yeah. market. Yeah, yeah, we go into that. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, dive right in. Yeah. But yeah, we're exactly right. So like I haven't taken a math class since high school. Yeah. So obviously my math skills are less to be desired. Um, and I'm not really good at like negotiation, you right. know, like someone will say, I want to do this for like 20 bucks. I'm like, well, how about 25? And like, that's kind of, that's the wrong way. I'm like, no, I'm serious. I think you're worth more than that. You know? Like, <laughs> oh, you try to pay them more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, when, when I do that, it yeah. doesn't go, you know, and just like that's, yeah. so I'm just, I'm not good with it. I, I'm not same. motivated the same way other people are by it. Here's, um, and, and I feel guilty saying this. I shouldn't, but I do is that a lot of my last couple of weeks have been on the topic of money and it's got me feeling like a fish out of water and stressed out. Yesterday we had a funeral mm. and I said to Elizabeth when I got home in a in a weird way it was comforting because I knew I was in the the section of the job 
where I know what I'm doing. Yeah. You yeah. know, and as much, of course, I felt bad for the family. And, and the man who passed away had lived a nice, long life and a, a very wonderful life. But you were in your comfort zone. But I was in my comfort zone. Yeah. I'm like, I know how to do this. This is what I've trained for and what I have experience in. And I can do this. The budget conversation, I feel like I'm five years old. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, numbers are scary that way. Mm-hmm. And I, I get they're just numbers, but like... But maybe we should talk a little bit about how our communities make money. Right? Okay. Like, I think that's really important Like because I think we probably do it very different ways. Sure. Oh, well, mine is really uh, people give on a voluntary basis. If they believe in what we're doing here, if they support what we're doing and how we're doing it, they will give in accordance with that and in accordance to their ability. You know, so if we have – if Bill Gates were to attend here but he hated what we did, he would give a dollar. Similarly, if if a poor person who makes $10 a year attends and loves what we do, they might give $9 a year. We would tell them not to. They need that more than us. Right, you know? right. But people but will give a they, percentage. How do they give? That depends. Also, a lot of it is cultural in terms of how they grew up in their faith community. A lot of it has to do with age. We have members of our congregation that give once per year at the end of the year. They discuss it with their financial advisors, and they say, here's how much you have to give to various things, and they give us a portion of that excess. Mm. Others give regularly on a weekly or monthly basis. You can do that on our website. You know, click uh, click on the thing, and the drag-down menu gives you the monthly option, and they give a set amount each time. Others just pay whenever they happen to show up, and they'll give a little bit each time, and it's completely unpredictable. I think that's the part that gives me the night sweats is like having no idea from month to month. How's it going to be this month? Is it going to be yeah. a good month or a bad month, a good year, or a bad year? And that's that's a little frustrating when it's also your salary. Yeah. 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 We're very different. <laughs> okay. How does I mean, f- like we do accept donations and we, and mm-hmm. we get some nice ones, yeah. you know, very randomly, as you pointed out, uh-huh. which is great. Um, I, I would say that our temple and many other Jewish temples like it are more like gym memberships. Where okay. uh, to be a member, you have to pay a membership, fee, you know, fee. Yeah. Uh, and so for us, we've tacked it at fifteen hundred dollars a year. Oh, you even give a suggested, and so that would be the same. Oh, go on. I, yeah. I, I interrupt no, your questions. No, right? no, fine. Okay. No, and so that's what. So when you pay that much, mm-hmm. you know, not only do you get to feel good about supporting Judaism in Alaska, mm-hmm. but you get, you know, all the all the trappings or whatever that means. Like if you want to be married, I'll marry you and not ask for a dime because you're already giving the money. You know, yeah. um, if you need any family member who needs a funeral, funeral happens, no questions asked. You know, like yeah. uh, so that's sort of like like all life cycle events. Are essentially that's what you're that's what you're getting, mm-hmm. um, but you're also giving you know, money to a community that is Jewish and needs support yeah. at the same time. So that is what I've been considering uh, pitching to our church to do more of that, just so that we can better plan. Yeah, yeah, and, and there's a lot of there's a lot of caveats to that number too, right? I would imagine yeah, so. Yeah, so many. So yeah. you know, for example, if you, we if you want to support our community and you don't live in Alaska, we offer like an associate membership. Okay. Which, is a, which is a much, much less. Or, you know, of course, plenty of people aren't able to afford mm-hmm. $1,500 a year. And so, you know, we, um, they, we we work with them. And I imagine some can afford more and they will donate more yes. as, as they yeah. see fit. Yes, so, yeah. exactly. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and see, that's that, been, yeah. And that gets us, that gets to a point. Like, it gets us, that gets us to, like, a, an okay level. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need, we, we raise money through, I mean, every year before COVID, we did this Shining Lights event. Which right, is a big, yeah. which is this big yearly event. I attended once, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. and that and that earned us yeah. some money as well. And okay. so you know, so we have other things we kind of do, but mostly it's membership fees. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, 
that's that's an interesting way to look at it. And I think a lot of our older generation view their tithe, um, which many of them would call it, in that similar way. Yeah. I think uh, generationally, that's how it used to be viewed. Younger generations, by which I mean, I don't know, maybe 40 years old and younger, are more along the lines of they want to order a movie on Amazon only when they watch it. They yeah. don't want to pay yeah. the monthly cable bill. Right. 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 They're like, why am I going to pay every single month when all I want is to watch a movie twice a year? Yeah. And they'll yeah. just pay for those. And what they don't recognize is, well, if they only do that, then you know, the movie industry would collapse. <laughs> you know, the, the, those subscription get, you know, fees allow things is, to happen. Yeah, I often, I, I do um, a lot of destination weddings, right? So, like, okay. people who don't live in Alaska who come... They'll come in for a Yeah, and here. they're Jewish. Uh-huh. Shalom Rabbi, of course, yeah. officiate. Uh, and, uh, and so, you know, my fee is $1,500 and a free membership to our community. Oh, I see. <laughs> I see. There you go. That's the way to look at it. And, and I'm trying to figure out a way to communicate to people, like... You're going to want a wedding here one day. You're going to want a funeral for your parents here one day. Maybe even baptize a child or show up just for a Christmas. If you're going to want any of those in the future, you know, make us exist until that time. And and even if you just give, you know, $10, $20 a month. That helps us know that we can we can keep things you know in perpetuity. Yeah, and so. I know people who are like in the world of development. And this is like their bread and butter, right? This is what they're doing all the time. Like, right? Uh, um, they're asking you know to align values and yeah. But you know, we're just always trying to do it in our, in our own without the development training. I feel like <laughs> exactly not at all what we're trained for. I'll just I'll, I'm going to do what public television does and just have a fun drive once a year and give away tote bags and <laughs> call that a win. Yeah, so. yeah, but you know it's it's really interesting too because you know um, I have a discretionary fund. I don't know if you have something yeah. like that uh-huh. as well. And you know how to use that has always been complicated. I feel like you know I once you know, I once asked my executive director. I was like, you know, I have this great idea. We should invest the uh, my discretionary fund so we have more money later. He's like, it's a great idea, but it's illegal, unfortunately. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. We have a wonderful church member uh, named Diana who is my uh, go-to person, my oracle for financial law, so I don't yeah. do anything. Yeah, yeah. Like, is this allowed? So, all right. Nice. Well, thank you. That's that's interesting to hear how it's going on elsewhere. Um, but it doesn't help our church uh, pay the light bill. So, anyone listening, please do. <laughs> All right, so we have two other topics, and let's go right to the the heavier, uh, more sure, difficult sure. one. And then, if we have time, we'll do the the other. Um, so this week we we saw yet another tragedy of a hate crime. This one took place in Colorado Springs, Colorado, at a nightclub called Club Q. It's an LGBTQ nightclub where a gunman. Entered and opened fire, mm. killed five people, wounded 17 more. I believe those are the current numbers. Wow. Um, I don't think there's, like, strict proof that it was a hate crime motivated by anti-LGBTQ well, but feelings. I, I, I know but he's being charged as a yeah, hate crime. Uh, so I don't know if we have to say allegedly on, on a podcast uh, like they do on some news shows. But, I mean, it seems kind of obvious. Like, if someone were to vandalize a synagogue, right? It's it's, it's not crime. much of a question that yeah. it's that what the No, I've been called hate crime on our podcast. Yeah. yeah. I mentioned to Abram that this morning I just kind of woke up with an idea in my head of something to write for the paper in terms of looking at it from the perspective of the quote that Martin Luther King frequently cites, we're trying to find the source of it, uh, but that the the moral arc of the universe is long but it bends toward justice. And remembering that it doesn't bend on its own. 
we have to exert force on one side of that uh, uh, of of the universe to make it bend toward justice. Otherwise, it has in the past frequently bent the other direction. Yeah, you know, history is 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 potholed with times when it bent the wrong direction. So, so on one hand, we had this shooting, but. It's an opportunity to also lift up a bipartisan moment. You and I frequently land on the side of the more liberal politics, and we saw a good bipartisan effort this past week or maybe 10 days ago, somewhere in that ballpark, when both of our Alaskan senators joined with, I think, 10 other Republican senators, um, along with the Democratic this is, majority. On, this, is, this is Senator Murkowski and Sullivan. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they voted in favor of moving a bill forward. So it's not yet approved by the Senate, but it is now going to move forward to the broader vote, uh, to, to the main vote in front of the entire Senate. And they voted to advance it to that level. So there are times when a senator will vote to advance it to the main floor vote, but then vote against it out there. That happens sometimes. So um, this is a chance for us all to encourage our senators to vote in favor of this bill, which protects gay marriage. It also protects interracial marriage, something which I find it. <laughs> Why are we still bizarre. talking about this? We're still this. talking yeah, about yeah, it, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but in you know, in light of some recent Supreme Court decisions, right, I'm glad right. that things glad that things are going to be codified in law and not just dependent upon precedent or or expectation. Let's make it a law that these things are protected. So um, I know that Senator Murkowski has long been a supporter of this bill and similar protections. Senator Sullivan, I think this may represent a step forward in yeah, this case, I like a nice change. It, yeah, so very, I was very conservative. So this is interesting. Yeah, so uh, good on them both. Thank you for that, and we pray, pray, pray that this continues as as the bill advances. Do you know who supports this bill? Who supports the Mormon Church? Yeah, I know. That I, I just read that. Yeah, me. they, I believe, also were very supportive at the state level here in Alaska when similar. Uh, proposals have been made. I don't know where it all stands now, but I, I don't know where they landed in the final shakedown of things, but I do know that in the conversations, they were extremely open and constructive and loving. So, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of ability, a lot of opportunity here to cross the aisle and make this something good. Uh, I think the main op- opposition to full inclusion of gay people comes from traditionally the Christian church, yeah, and, um, yeah. and it's now a Pew Research poll from 2018 showed that majority of Christians support gay marriage. And that's just now that was four. That numbers. was four years, and ago. that was four years exactly. Yeah, yeah. And those and uh, not that was before be, the Roman Church got behind this. I believe so. Yeah. And also over the course of that four years, a lot of folks passed away of old age and it's the older generations that tend to be more opposed and so I can, I, I imagine that number has only increased and, and also speaking of the moral arc if you look back at the 1980s when I was growing up the homophobia in our culture was way higher and way more common like it was just it was just presumed that to be gay equaled to be terrible because we were raised in a culture that saw it that way, which is gross. And I, I raise that to say, look at the change we've already seen yeah. just in that yeah. 40 years. And now, you know, it's continuing. So it's never feeling like it's ever happening fast enough, though, unfortunately. Oh, I agree. Yeah. 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 But um, so that's uh, it's just been an interesting week where we saw an act of violent hatred on one side and an act of patient, compassionate 
strategic change on the other hand um, and it's um, that arc is bending slowly but we have to always keep exerting pressure on it or it snaps right back yeah. to where it was I mean I've been very focused on um, the Matsu school district which has been sort of oh, providing yeah. a lot of anti-trans right. uh, sort of uh, rules these days and mm-hmm. it's been I mean I, I, wrote, I wrote two op-eds oh, on, on that subject really because you know part of this conversation of the Defensive Marriage Act, which is, you know, which is occurring, but also the conversation of, like, you know, what role do people of LGBTQ members play, you know, in our community, in our society? And one of the biggest, I think, conflicts is where, where they play in the world of sports, right? Yeah, and which is strange to right, me. Right, right. So the, the that, Matsu... That, that would be lifted up, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, so the Matsu school board banned trans kids from participating in sports of their uh, identity gender, right? Right. And without any, without, it's, I mean, this wasn't, they don't know of any trans uh, students that want to do this, right? They're doing it preemptively right. to, to start from happening in the first place, which to, to me is a great miss. Like, this is a conversation we need to have, right? And they're just saying, we don't want to even have the conversation. They just mm-hmm. stop the conversation. Uh, and I, I think that's wrong. Oh, I, mean, I agree with you. Uh, yeah. And I, I think I think it's a conversation, like, where, you know, what do we do about uh trans people who want to participate in sports mm-hmm. is, a, is a great conversation to have, you know, because body chemistry plays a, plays a role. Well, I mean, all the issue. Olympic events and all the major sports leagues are divided along traditional gender lines, yeah, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, I can see why the conversation should happen. What drives me a little batty is since when does that drive the conversation? Since right, when do right. sports drive any conversation that has to do with Human rights and sports rights, is a right? huge conversation driver with, with human rights, though, and, and amazingly so. Well, well, it can be, it can lift up the issues, yeah, but it yeah. should never be the 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 purpose. It should yeah, never be yeah. the goal of the issues. Like we're not discussing the rights of trans people because we care so much about sports. We should be discussing the rights of trans people because we care so much about people who are trans, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And then, and then sports can say, okay, based on these decisions about human rights, yeah. we now adjust accordingly, yeah. right? It's never, uh, it's never like, uh, you know, back to MLK, he didn't stand up and say, we must have equal rights in this country so that we can all play hockey, right? That was never the goal. Right. <laughs> it was, it's, right. it's just a, uh, sports are just a, a secondary side effect. I, yeah, but I mean, sports is central in this in this debate. Yeah, and it's and, yeah. and not just a debate with um, amongst you know uh, trans people, but just debate amongst you know civil rights. Yeah, and uh, and I think sports is a huge role to play. And sometimes uh, sporting sport groups are very self aware of it, which can be awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes they are not. Right. Um, so right. it's a it's can be problematic. But yeah, uh, but that but then but then Natsu Valley then um, they banned uh, trans people from going to the bathroom of there. It's essentially a, a bathroom wall. Right. Right. And, um, and and that one was very recent. And and I also had a few things to say. Did you get those published up at the yeah up at the Matsu or at the ADN? At ADN. At okay. ADN got published. Yeah. I'm sorry, I missed those. I oh, I fine. look for your yeah. name and I usually read all uh, your things, but I I've been <laughs> I've actually I've been not reading tons of the newspaper. The last uh, couple of like month or two, just because I've been swamped with other. I things. know, right? I mean, there's so, much, there's so much time. news out there, and so yeah. little time to, to to consume it. Don't worry about it at all. I'm just saying that like that's what, like an area that I'm focused on. Yeah. I mean, I'm really. I mean, because of course, you know, Matsu LGBTQ community, they you know, of course, deserve the, all the rights and most else. But I also believe it's coming to Anchorage too. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, sure. Yeah. That yeah. like this is this is uh, where this is 
rang on the wall. Mm-hmm. And at one point, you and I are going to need to bend that arc uh, yeah. towards justice yeah, here sure. locally. Oh, boy. Let's look forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have time for one last topic we got, we got if you're interested yeah, in that. Yeah, so yeah. so this um, is something that has come up recently um, in a handful of ways. But the, I th- in one of the ways to address the topic is do you separate the art from the artist? Um, but there is some real brass tax way that this has come up recently. And maybe the most prominent one in recent days is Dave Chappelle who, as we were just talking about LGBTQ issues, he has in the past made comments, uh, I should say made jokes, that had trans people as the butt of the joke. Yeah. And, you know, with any comedian, they'll, they'll push the boundaries and they'll push the edges and say edgy things. But if they go too far, say something harmful, if they then afterwards say, whoops, my bad, my mistake. I can usually be fine with that and go along back yeah, out. Dave Chappelle doubled down and kept on like making more insulting and hurtful comments. So I just quit listening to him. You know, he's funny. If I would go so far as saying he's a comedic genius. Yeah. I really enjoyed his stuff, but not to the extent that I would now love hanging out with him after he's hurting people that I care about. Yeah. Right? Like like if I knew the best author in the world, but he kept punching my child. I'd be like, well, I'm not going to read your books anymore. <laughs> you know? I'm tired of my child getting punched. Right, yeah. 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 It's <laughs> more important to me to protect people than to engage in your art. Yeah. And and so there's uh, a whole bunch of, you know, yeah, but what about this? What about that? What about isms? Right. Yeah. All those details become kind of meaningless. What it comes down to with comedians in particular is this visceral response. If they say something and you laugh and don't hate yourself for it, <laughs> you know, that's kind of where it comes to. So like with Bill Cosby, now that we know that he totally was raping people, yeah. when I hear his comedy, even though it was hilarious and wholesome, and, and wholesome, like, yeah. right? And it, and it totally is intertwined with my childhood development and how I appreciate comedy. So many of his routines are just deeply baked into my psyche. Doesn't matter. When I hear him now, I don't hear that, you know, really funny guy who tells great stories. Yeah. I hear. Here's a rapist talking to me. Yeah. And it I makes mean, me not laugh. I guess that answers your question. It, it depends, right? Like yeah. that answers your question right there. It's not. If I knew we had 100 parking tickets, it wouldn't be the same impact, right? Right, it, right. Yeah. Still, that's a lot of parking tickets. Right. I, I would, I would, I would caution. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But the reason I bring up Chappelle in particular is because he then was on SNL recently. I didn't bother watching it because of the anti-trans stuff. But he made news again for saying a bunch of anti-Semitic tropes. I don't know if he made hurtful comments or not. Did you watch it? I watched it, yeah. Um, you know, uh, Jews can't really agree on this one, okay. which is which is part for the course because Jews aren't good at agreeing. Right, anything, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's your whole shtick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I did watch it, and, like, it, it wasn't... I, I wouldn't call it overtly anti-Semitic. Okay. Uh, and he does have an interesting point to make. I mean, so one of the things that he says is that, like, you know, you don't say anything anti-Semitic in the public sphere, right? Everyone knows this in, 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 like, mm-hmm. in, the sh- in showbiz if you will. And it goes on to say, like, everyone in, ho- in Hollywood is, is Jewish. And, like, you know, as if to, like, connect the dots, right, is what he's saying, okay. which which does, like, kind of get... That's feel icky. icky, yeah. icky. <laughs> I'm already um, feeling creeped yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the other... But but I think the juxtaposition of it is that he is a black man, right? And right. And, and he makes that point. And, and he says that, like, you know, it's interesting that Hollywood sort of has this don't say anything anti-Semitic sort of, like, intense thing mm-hmm. where... It's like if you say it, man, the re- the reaction is swift 
and big. I mean, look at what happened to Kanye West earlier this, you know, mm-hmm. and that's essentially what he's riffing off of this Kanye right. West. And, um, or Ye, Ye, he has a new name. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He'll have Sorry. a new name next week. I, really, so I, 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 yeah. I want to, yeah, anyways. Um, so, uh, and, but, but then he goes on to say, but like, I'm a black man and like, why are, why isn't there the same way when it comes to racism? You uh-huh. know, and he's not, yeah. you know, and he's not wrong. Like, right. Like there is a lot of racism that occurs. Right. Some of it, some of it, like, of course there's blowback of course, and people are like, that's not good. But wouldn't you say there's also plenty of anti-Semitism in mass media also? I mean, yeah, I mean, right now, um, the ADL, which stands for the Anti-Defamation League, uh-huh. um, they're, they they measure how much it happens. Okay. And they're measuring that this year is going to be a record of anti-Semitic acts. Right. Yeah. So I find it to yeah. be a, yeah. a, a, a false premise that he's starting with to say, oh, there's this rule. You don't do anything anti-Semitic because I feel like I see anti-Semitic things on the regular. You do? Yeah. <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> like on TV, I mean. Oh, uh, oh, you hear things. Yeah. I thought you were saying, oh, I say this, I say them all the time. Me, I, I make anti-Jewish <laughs> jokes nonstop, especially to little yeah, children. Yeah, yeah. Um, I tell them horrible anti-Semitic things like, if you pronounce the name of God the right way, he'll smite you right away. Yes. <laughs> That's so anti-Semitic. I tell them Hebrew is scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no. I see it on TV and hear it on the radio and who, who knows where. Lots of places. It comes yeah. up just like racism does. And, and um, misogyny. And certainly, like, know? I mean, I've talked a lot, I've actually wrote a whole lot bit about this. Uh, mm-hmm. There's there's anti-Semitic code words, like, you know, George Soros, for example. Sure. Child. Right, You right. know, the, using those terms instantly gets into sort of an anti-Semitic trope, if you will. Right. Um, and uh, so, but I think, I think that the Dave Chappelle monologue, I, I just, on SNL, it, 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 it like it, it goes towards anti-Semitism, and I think it does cross the line a bit. Okay. For me, it kind of goes back away from it again. So okay. you know, I laughed during some some of his jokes. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, some of them I was like, ooh. But that's a lot of comedians for me too, where I laugh and I go ooh sometimes. Yeah. You know. Uh, so, I don't which know. and that's another part of comedy that I I do feel like that is part of what we put them up there for. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They do get up there to poke the parts of our brains that we that we shy away from. And that can be a real service. And to that extent, we do offer them some flexibility and forgiveness to say, yeah, we put you up there to, to, to do that. At the same time, that's not that's not infinite. Yeah. Right. And you think about when Michael Richards, the guy that played Kramer. Yeah. Remember, he did a thing where he just started yelling the N-word at people from stage. And then his defense afterwards was, you know, you get into the zone of comedy of just saying things. Now, granted, he did apologize, yeah. but it was nuts. He just went off. And um, to me, it's not a suitable excuse. But if you apologize and try to do better next time, then then we can and all move I, on together. But I don't see from Chappelle any sense that he's accepting that anything he ever said was wrong. Yeah, I don't anticipate an apology from him. Yeah. Um, but I also don't think it was nearly as bad as what Kanye West did, right? You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. Not nearly as bad. Well, that's the other thing. The false premise he's starting with is acting as if there's any value in anything Kanye is doing. Yeah. I mean, even his, uh, I'm no expert on it, but his music is getting ridiculous too. But his, uh, so much of his time is just cuddling up to Trump and being insane. I, I don't know. I, I can't understand. I mean, like the tweet that he wrote, which is what kind of yeah, yeah. You know, where, where he says that he says, <laughs> my gosh, he writes, "I'm a little bit sleepy, uh, <laughs> but when I wake up, I'm gonna go death, death con three right on the Jews, right, uh, right, yeah, yeah." And it's just it's just like no, and and was being a little bit sleepy kind of like trying like, to take that, the edge that off. That was like his, his first tweet in over two years, and that's what and that's what he tweeted. Ah, uh, just insane. And so there's a whole level of. 
looking at someone like Kanye, and in some ways it's funny, but honestly, deep down, I feel like he needs professional well, help. Well, okay, but this, okay, so then this, let me address why this is bad, right? So, like, certainly what, what Kanye said was awful, uh, and I wish I could say, I wish I could forget about it, right? Right. I wish I could silo that away and, and say, that's this is his own thing, I move on with my life. The mm-hmm. problem is that someone like, someone who has a, a lot of, you know, followers of social media, right. uh, whatever they say, it trickles down to them, yes. and there's many, many in, in people influenced by those words, mm-hmm. you know. And so, of course, there are reports of of sort of Kanye's message being used by other anti-Semitic people, right? Someone saying there was like on the in Los Angeles, there's like a bridge there where there's a big sign that says Kanye is right. You know oh, what I mean? Really? I didn't yeah, hear on that. A, okay. On yeah. a stadium, there was someone projecting mm-hmm. like a Kanye is right onto something else on a screen there. Really? You know what I mean? That yeah. seems like so this is, but a this, lot of planning. But for... this is the real problem, right? <laughs> right. Like, yeah. You can have celebrities, you can have people like be anti-Semitic, whatever, who cares? But they they are influencers mm-hmm. and they do influence. like it, And they enable people that want to hate. They enable yeah. them. And, uh, and that's not good, right? And I... I honestly like the apology is really helpful uh, because yeah. because it says I, I I misspoke or I was wrong and I'm sorry and that helps prevent the enablers from doing it still right because yeah, yeah. when they say you know if Kanye were to apologize I don't think he has but if he were to apologize and the people who say Kanye is right are now saying Kanye is right for apologizing it, it mixes the message it right? does it yeah. takes the it yeah. takes the heat off of that 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 boiling hatred that's out yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, and so and it's there. If people hate, they have hate in their hearts, mm-hmm. um, and they direct it towards the other, which happens to usually be Judaism amongst other groups of people. And uh, and so you know that's what we ex- us Jews experience when someone mm-hmm. famous uh, does that. But on the flip side, we can also make good fun of it. Like oh, I think at one point. Um, Marsha Taylor Green mentioned like a Rothschild satellite in space shooting lasers. Did she call it Rothschild? I, I remember the I phrase believe, Jewish space no, lasers I believe came it, up. Well, that's what it turned into, but I, okay. I believe it's like she she used the Rothschild satellite because uh, Rothschild whistle. is a code word right. for Judaism, right? Okay, um, in a bad in a bad sense, right? And she used yeah, and, and so the, then it became Jewish space lasers, and we yeah. us Jews love this, right? Sure, I mean yeah. we have like Jewish space lasers patches you can see now. We mm-hmm. thought it was hilarious, yeah, you know. And so that's another way to combat this, uh-huh. right? Is that not just be upset or angry and and really push back on it, which we do often, but to say okay, that is just so ridiculous. We think it's funny. You know, yeah, us Jews, sure. we got a sense of humor. We have to, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Uh, and so that's so that's another way it goes sometimes. But that but that was anti-Semitic, that and that's not moment. right. And and your by your I mean the, the the Jewish people's taking on of that phrase was was a way of shutting her statement oh, yeah. down. We owned it. We yeah. owned it. You yeah. took it right away from yeah, her. It's yeah. not like you said, hey, great point. Let's buy your album. Yeah. Like people do with Dave Chappelle. Like, hey, he's out there, you know, defending free speech or yeah. whatever. He's, you know, you can't really do that with something that's already lobbed out there as if it's a joke. Right. Um, because that just amplifies his message, which is becoming increasingly unstable, I think. So. Yeah. Yeah, but then it's got to anti-Semitism. 
of course it always does all I feel like every every conversation that goes long enough gets anti-Semitism is my belief but anyways um, maybe more so with you though. <laughs> others, you know given your office is it office, me? I think yeah. it's me oh dang it <laughs> uh, but but you have to also like um, unpack you know is it hate or is it just ignorance right yeah. that's a, another problem to understand yes that, yeah. that you shouldn't and I mean if it's just ignorance you, there's an opportunity there right right you know and, and maybe being really forceful saying it's awful you're a horrible per- person or a horrible human being isn't necessarily the right way to approach someone who's ignorant about Judaism you know I often mm-hmm. say please come to my temple come to services like see what we're like you know when I when I think I experience someone who is showing ignorance I wonder if that I mean because that seems to me like it would be part of your status as clergy that that becomes one of your responsibilities oh yeah absolutely that would absolutely. likely be very different for just a family here in town that is yeah. Jewish, they might not want to be put in that position. Oh, I tell them, come to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's what I mean, especially now, because we're, we're, we're hitting December, uh-huh. and there's this thing called the December Dilemma, and this is where us Jews experience Christmas, like, at, at all sure. fronts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and this is where anti-Semitism kind of, like, is more, yeah, has a higher rate of happening okay. during this sort of this time period. And so, you know, I tell all my family, I tell all my kids, you experience anti-Semitism, you first tell your parents, but you come to me. Okay. You know, yeah. I'm happy to fight this battle for you. Sure. Uh, you yeah. know, you shouldn't have to, right? You should just be a Jewish family doing their own Jewish fun things. Right. Um, and so that's something that, like, I, you know, I, we work on. And that's, you know, there's, there's organizations, like I mentioned earlier, the ADL that work on this too, on uh-huh. behalf of the Jewish people. Uh, right. So that we don't necessarily have to worry about it. So is there a way for Christians and Christian pastors like myself to also fight that fight with you? I mean, like you? we've discussed this before, counter speech. Yeah. Right. So, like, if anyone on this podcast encounters anyone, hopefully family, it's the best one to encounter, mm-hmm. and then they say something anti-Semitic, you check them on it. You oh yeah, and that's kind. what I mean for sure. That's, like but that's but that's yeah. the best thing you can do. Uh-huh. That's the best thing you can do. Um, because especially if it's someone that you know, you mm-hmm. can tell them that's hurtful. I know people who are Jewish, they'd be really harmed by right. that comment. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but like anyone that stands up to a family member or a friend uh, to say that that's hurtful to Jews, it's I'm so thankful for. What yeah. an act of bravery on behalf of me and my people. You know what I mean? And Thanksgiving is the perfect time to do it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Sitting around the table and someone makes that comment, say, yeah. say screw off, Uncle George. Um, we, we've come full circle. Back to the Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving table. Thanksgiving table. <laughs> Here we are again. Yes. This is, like a, this is like a good place to stop this podcast. Matt. I think so. I'm full. <laughs> yes. Full of conversation. Yes. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening this far. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, thank you very and, uh, much. Matt, how can we see you in action? Um, you can go online and just Google First Presbyterian Church of Anchorage, Alaska. And uh, don't Google Matt Schultz because you'll get the band Cage the Elephant. He's the lead man. singer. But uh, yeah, First Presbyterian Church of Anchorage, Alaska. <laughs> our worship services are on the Facebook page. They're on our homepage. They're on YouTube. And come on by. We do a lot of wonderful things here that are not broadcastable, such as meals after the services. We do a lot of volunteer work serving people who are experiencing homelessness and so on and so on. So we'd love to hear more from you. That's great. I have to admit, I once needed to Google you 
and I have a hard time spelling Presbyterian. <laughs> I know, man. <laughs> when that we problem, chose that for. word, branding <laughs> was not a thing. Branding yeah. was not a thing yet. Yeah. <laughs> it comes from the root word meaning elder, because we uh, elect elders yes, to be our yes, leaders. Yes, that, yes. Not an age thing, but just elders. But that's why when you go to the eye doctor, if you're nearsighted as you get older, it's called presbyopia. Because <laughs> honestly, it is. And it's because you're getting old person. Ah. So we have the same root word as just getting old and decrepit. Nice, nice I think. <laughs> I don't know. How do people find you uh, oh right uh so if you want to watch us online alaska jujis and media on youtube is where uh where you can find us online but we're open you can come to our uh, come to our our temple or our synagogue i only use I, the word shul is also for a temple uh-huh. but i only use that word exclusively to make people feel guilty for not going there enough okay you know what i mean <laughs> i haven't seen a shul in a while it's something that i say sometimes anyways now you just did <laughs> a, a jewish comedy trope of the voice and the shaking of the hands, the hands. yes yes well, i think I, I made a note here to talk about sports and civil rights at a future episode yeah, i yeah. also want to talk about judaism and comedy. There's like a Talmud hand. There's like a thumb that goes like this. When you make a point, you go... No one can see me do this, of course. But you right. take your thumb and you lift it up like so to make your point. Whoop. Yep. I've not seen that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's very it's very yeshiva. Very, very... What like did you call deep. it? A, a, I, call, I call it the Talmud hand. I don't okay, know. Like, yeah. Because you make your point in Talmud like blah, 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 and blah, 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 blah. And then you like you like insert your point and you bring your thumb up. Okay. To show how, how great you are. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, yes, we, we have hand gestures as Jews. We'll have to do one video episode because there's a lot of Christian preacher motions yeah. also. And one of them is this. I'm putting my hand to my chest now where you where you want to make a point that's being judgy about other people. And you do that as if to say, oh, me too. Yeah. yeah. But really, you're thinking about no, that guy oh, over there. Oh, no, no, we should do. Oh, okay. We should film one of our episodes. Yeah. And then we should make a, uh, a podcast commenting on the filming of our hand gestures. Right, right, yeah. Ooh, that's deeply meta. But yeah, we should definitely do that. All right. All right. It's a deal. All so right. we, have, we have three future episodes now. <laughs> right. Hand gestures, sports and civil rights, and Judaism and comedy. Uh, okay. Okay, y'all. Well, thank you once again for getting this far. And thank you uh, for James Brown for our logo and the Mutual Bros for our music um, sound design. Uh, take care and have a happy holidays. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you.